Hello, my friends. How are you all? The seasons sure are changing around here in so many ways, it might seem. Fall is fading fast, like I think it's pretty much over. (laughs) And the holidays are right around the corner. And as the seasons change, so has my little family. I haven't attended a birth in three months and it feels like forever, like an eternity really in the birth world. I'm going on three months off call and my perspective on everything has just changed so much. We are well into our first official year of homeschooling and I'm just figuring out what it looks like to be a stay-at-home mom for the first time, you guys. It's kind of crazy. I've never been home with my kids full-time and it's an adjustment. It's a big adjustment, but I'm loving it so, so much. There's a lot of changes going on around our household, like good changes. I really do feel like I'm getting to know my kids all over again in new ways for the first time. Some of my favorite days have been are just kind of boring, slow, homeschooling days where we don't do a whole lot. I know. I was really surprised, to be honest. I think my body, my mind, and my heart has needed this. I know it has needed this. I'm loving our slower pace. And you know what I've learned? You have to fight for slow. It won't happen if you don't. If you let your guard down, just watch. You'll turn around to a jam-packed calendar full of days of running around and stops to go here and there. You have to fight for slow. And it's worth the fight. Thankfully, I've got a husband and a really great counselor who help bring me back when I try to hop back on the treadmill of life at a pace that's just way too fast for my own good. Well, if you're new here, welcome. I'm so glad you found the show. If you're pregnant, I want to invite you to check out my comprehensive online childbirth course, I can promise you, Mama, you'll be thankful you prepared and knew what was ahead of you. The shock and awe factor is not your friend when it comes to birth. Just trust me. You're going to feel so good that you prepared and it's going to build confidence and you're going to have an amazing experience. So head on over to yourbestbirthcourse.com and check it out. There are a few sections you can demo, ask me questions, send me a message, Enter the promo code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at checkout for $50 off the cost of the course. I want to encourage you guys to join me over on my Patreon page and consider partnering with me to support the show. Thank you, Sean and Lisa. You guys are my champions. You have been such faithful supporters of the show, and I'm so, so grateful for you. Head on over to elisemarsh.com slash Patreon to learn more about how you guys can all get involved. Well, my friend, I'm so excited to talk with you today about postpartum life. We're going to cover some good stuff. It's good. It's going to be good, guys. Are you ready? Okay, so here we go. All right. 
we're going to jump right in and talk about some physical changes because mercy, our bodies are kind of freaking amazing, right? So let's talk physical changes. We're going to go for it and start with the big guns. Okay, so have you guys heard of lochia, that lochia bleeding? When your placenta detaches from the uterine wall, there is a wound, a placenta-sized wound in your uterus. And from that wound, we have bleeding. It's going to start out really, really heavy. You're going to have massive pads, like diaper-sized pads. And then it's going to get lighter and lighter. Eventually, it'll turn pinkish and then brownish. It should be all the way gone by your six-week postpartum visit. Some women, their lochia bleeding lasts 10 days or two weeks. Others, it lasts closer to five weeks or even six weeks. If you get home and you're finding that your lochia bleeding is getting heavier or you're passing clots that you're not comfortable with, please reach out to your healthcare provider and let them know. That is definitely a reason to contact your healthcare provider. Your uterus has just done an incredible work. It's birthed a human. Amazing. And now it's got to shrink back to its normal pear size shape. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes about six weeks. So you probably look pregnant for a little while. I hope someone has told you that. And while you're in the hospital, nurses and care providers or wherever you're having a baby, they're going to massage your uterus to aid in this involution process. And they may recommend that you continue to do this for a few days and after you go home even. So we call it a massage, but it does not feel good. So practice that breathing, okay? It's going to be uncomfortable, but it's going to be nothing like just delivering your baby, okay? So you can do it nice, deep breaths. It's really, really important that that uterus contracts and starts to decrease blood flow and blood loss so we don't lose too much blood after we have a baby. So you may feel a little crampy even after you have a baby when you go home, especially with breastfeeding. Breastfeeding, another incredible thing we get to do after we have a baby your body is producing a hormone called oxytocin. Well, that same hormone is used in labor. It's the hormone that your uterus uses to contract. It is the hormone that is involved in labor and helps our uterus contract and bring us to our babies. So while we're breastfeeding, our bodies are producing oxytocin and our uterus is contracting, which is amazing. It's aiding and healing. It's decreasing blood loss. It's helping that uterus return to its pre-pregnant size. It's a really, really great thing, you guys. Your mature breast milk is going to come in around days three to five postpartum. So while you're pregnant, you all have colostrum, if you're pregnant, that is, while you're listening with me today. And your baby is getting that first milk really rich in micronutrients and proteins. It's amazing stuff. We call it liquid gold. And then your body is going to start to make the real good fatty stuff, okay? That's your mature breast milk. And that's going to come 
in around days three to five postpartum. So some women experience engorgement, some women don't at all, some women experience, you know, a lot of pain, their breasts feel full, they're hard and hot, they could get lumpy. Other women don't experience any of those things. You may wake up one night in the middle of the night soaked in milk. It may happen to you, but your body is going to regulate around seven to 10 days postpartum. In the beginning, your body doesn't know how much milk to make, so it's going to make as much as it can in the shortest amount of time possible, and then it's going to figure it out, and then your body's going to start making what your baby actually eats. So hang in there. There's some incredible resources on kellymom.com about those early days of breastfeeding, what to expect, what to do if you have engorgement, what to do in those first two weeks as your body is regulating and trying to figure out how much milk to make. You can do it, guys. It's going to be great. Sex. Yes, you are going to have sex again, you guys. I know. After you have a baby, it might be like, what? (laughs) What's going to go on down there? I don't know, friends. But you are going to want to have sex again eventually. For some of us, it might be earlier. And for others of us, it might take months. It could take weeks. Everyone is different and that's okay. It's a good thing. So this whole like six week thing is kind of made up. We just want to make sure that your body has healed, that your lochia bleeding has stopped, that you feel good, that everything is working properly before you have sex again, okay? So it's not necessarily so dependent on the number of weeks. That's really up to you. It's really up to you and your partner. But we need to make sure that you're fully healed, your lochia bleeding has stopped, and that you're feeling great and you're ready to engage in that type of relationship again. But hear me out, you guys. You're fertile, okay? You're fertile after you have a baby. So now is a great time to think about what you want to do for your birth control, okay? Breastfeeding is not an appropriate form of birth control unless you would like to get pregnant again, okay? And some of you might be fine with that and others of you might want to space out your little ones just a little bit more. But have fun with the whole sex thing. Just be lighthearted about it. Laugh. It's going to be a little bit awkward in the beginning, and that's okay. Have open communication and lots of lube. Lube is your new buddy if he isn't already. All right, exercise. Let's talk about this again. A great thing to start doing when you feel like you're ready for it is just walking. Okay, friend, hear me. You do not need to be in Target, look and fly in your yoga pants a week after you have a baby. You just don't need to do it. Wear your baggy sweatpants and feel great about it. You're probably going to have a really fatty pad on anyway. So just take it easy. Take it slow. It's okay. You don't have to look any one way. You could actually do more damage to your body by jumping back into your exercise routine that you had before you were pregnant, before your body's ready. We want those abdominal muscles to heal properly and they will go back 
on their own. And if they don't, there's some incredible exercises and strength training programs for postpartum women that can really, really be a huge help. One of my favorites is the Expecting and Empowered Postpartum and Pregnancy Workout Guides. I love them. And you guys, I'm getting $0 for telling you this, okay? So you can go to expectingandempowered.com. They have a great Instagram. They have a lot of great educational resources. I really like those ladies over there. And there's tons of awesome postpartum exercise programs out there, and I would just encourage you to find one. You may not get the same experience just jumping back into your workout class at the Y or whatnot. Some of these people don't necessarily have the training to really, really keep you safe while you're exercising and your body is healing. Okay, uh, note on that, if you had a super busy day and you were out running around and you get home and you feel like that Loki of bleeding is getting heavier or you're just spent and you're done or you're feeling really crampy, you overdid it. You did too much, okay? So rest, put your feet up, drink a ton of water and take it slow, Now, some of you may have heard about this whole going to the bathroom thing after you have had a baby. It can be kind of challenging, but don't worry. It's going to be okay. It can be tough, but here's what I want you to do. Talk to your healthcare provider about a stool softener. They will have a recommendation for you. Drink tons of fluids. Eat fruits and veggies. High fiber foods. Stay hydrated. I love spinach smoothies with tons of fruits and veggies, lots of fiber, load it up and that will really, really help. We want to be nice and gentle on our bottom down there because some of us may have these pesky little buggers called hemorrhoids hanging out down there. Super normal and very common after we push our babies out. And even if we didn't push our babies out through our vaginas, Some of us have hemorrhoids in pregnancy. I know, not a fun thing to talk about, nor glamorous, but yet here we are. Tux pads are your friends. You're going to load up that nice overnight pad with some tux pads. You may even sit in a sits bath. I want you guys to sit in a sits bath every day for 20 minutes in the first six weeks postpartum. Okay, let's explain this a little bit. So a sits bath, you can buy one on Amazon or Walmart that goes over your toilet and you can soak your bottom in warm water. Or you can just sit in a bathtub filled with warm water for 20 minutes. You can be fancy and you can get sits bath herbs, you can get bath salts and really lovely things to help heal your bottom. Or you can just use warm water. All of that is great, but 20 minutes every day, sit your bum in a tub. That is going to be your safe place. Go in the bathroom and shut the door and be quiet. Don't look at your phone. Don't turn anything on. Just be quiet for 20 minutes. It will help. It will help. Some of you may have had an intense delivery. You may have had an episiotomy. You may have had a perineal tear be that a first degree, second degree, third degree tear, ice is wonderful on your perineum, on your bottom, and those first 12 to 24 hours. And then when you get home, if you still need ice, you can, or warm sits baths and lots of tux pads. 
You can also get topical anesthetics or sprays that are super helpful. There is Dermaplast Spray, Earth Mama Angel Baby makes a spray, Freedom Mom makes a spray. There's tons of options out there, but they're really lovely on your bottom and help promote healing. All right, guys. So I have put together a little postpartum shopping list for you all. You're going to need tux pads. And tux pads are just witch hazel soaked pads. You're going to put two or three tux pads on top of your overnight pad in your granny panties. (laughs) Okay? It's going to feel awesome. You are going to use a peri bottle. If you're delivering your baby in the hospital, you will take that one home. Or if you're having a home birth or a birth center birth, there's Freedom Mom makes a peri bottle, or you can get them on Amazon for like 10 cents. You're going to use the peri bottle filled with warm water instead of toilet paper. So you're going to give yourself a nice little squirt. You're going to get your overnight pad. You're going to put your tux pads on, and you're going to put all of that in your big cotton underwear. The nice thing about the big cotton underwear is everything fits and everything feels nice and snug and secure. And then if you get them messy, toss them. Who cares? You don't ever have to look at them again. There will be a time and a place to put your sexy panties on once again. You're also going to need lube or birth control and or birth control for when you're ready to have sex again. Have it ready. Have a plan. Talk with your healthcare provider now. It's not too early. I promise you. Breast pads. Some of you are going to be really leaky and others of you won't leak so much at all. Find yourself a reusable breast pad that you can throw in your laundry. Bamboobies makes a lovely one. There's tons and tons of options out there. I'll put up some of my favorites on my show notes page. So just so you can look at them. If you want to get herbs for your sits bath, or you can just do warm water again. So you guys got that? Don't worry. It's all over on my show notes page. So if you're driving or exercising or folding your laundry or dishes, you don't have to write this down. But get yourself a little bin or a tub and load up your goodies and have it ready for you in the bathroom. So you're ready to go. And you will really only need these things for maybe the first couple weeks. It could be 10 days. It could be two weeks. It could be seven days. It really just depends. Okay, let's talk about sleep. This is a big one. People are are really worried about the whole sleep thing, as they should be. You must prioritize naps. Naps, 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 okay? Your baby is not going to run on days and nights for quite a while. Their bodies really don't start producing melatonin until around 12 weeks, then they're going to start to sleep in longer chunks. But you're going to have to sleep when your baby sleeps. And that can be tricky, especially if you have older littles running around. That's when you're going to have a friend come over or grandma. And when your baby's napping, you're going to nap. I like to say, if you can stay in your jammies until you've gotten eight hours total of sleep in a 24-hour period, Now you may get two hours here and two hours here and two hours here. So wherever you can add up your hours and stay in your pajamas until you've gotten eight hours of good rest and then take a shower, wash your hair, (laughs) do whatever you'd like. But if you're in your jammies, you're much more likely to go back to sleep and crawl into bed. 
If you're dressed and ready to go, you're going to feel like you should be running errands and doing dishes and doing all the things that you need to be doing. But sleep is really the most important thing. I want you to prioritize it above your cleaning, above visiting friends, above running errands and all of the things that we usually feel like we need to do. Don't expect a whole lot of yourself in those first six weeks. Just sleep when the baby sleeps. It's okay. You don't have to be anyone or do anything or look a certain way or act a certain way or have it all together. Just sleep. Promise me. Just sleep. You're going to need rest. If you have kind of a normal, typical vaginal birth, you should expect to really lay low for those first two weeks. And if you have a cesarean birth, at least three weeks. And that's like pretty chill. You're going to be in your bed or hanging around the house, going for short walks. You don't need to have a whole lot of expectations for yourself in those first couple weeks. All right, let's talk about food. How are we going to (laughs) eat? Like we're feeding a baby all day long (laughs) and trying to sleep. How are we supposed to feed ourselves? Finger foods, foods you can eat with one hand. Stock up your fridge or your freezer with one month's worth of easy-to-go meals. Crock-pot meals, stuff you can pull out and pop in the oven, are wonderful. Nuts, trail mix, yogurts, frozen stuff, cliff bars, bars, snap peas, fruits and veggies. I mean, think easy stuff that you can eat with one hand and put on a plate and snack on while you're breastfeeding. Do paper plates. Make it easy on yourself. It's a short season. You're not going to have paper plates forever. But just do those little tiny things to make your days easier because they will add up. If you have friends and family, have them do a meal train for you. There's mealtrain.com, mealbaby.com, Genius. All of these things, if you have people around you who want to help, the best thing anyone could ever do for you is feed you, really and truly, feed you. There is an incredible book. It's called The First 40 Days, The Essential Art of Nourishing the New Mother. I love this book. It's incredible, and it talks about how we eat and how we rest and how we heal in those first 40 days postpartum. It also talks about the differences between our cultures and how different cultures heal the postpartum mom. It's a great read. I would love for you guys to read it or get it on Audible or audiobook, but check it out. It will really encourage you to think differently about that postpartum period. You may not do everything in the book that it suggests, but I would want you to just take a minute to think about what you want those first 40 days to look like for you and your family. All right. Emotional support is a huge one. There are some big emotional changes. I mean, hello, We just birthed the placenta that is now out of our bodies. This human is now out of our bodies. Crazy town, right? There's hormonal changes, physical discomforts, fatigue. All of that can combine to produce what some people like to call the baby blues, which is super common. About 80% of moms experience some type of of what we'd refer to as the baby blues in those first two weeks postpartum. 
the baby blues could look like being weepy all the time, crying easily over little silly things, commercials. You could have mood swings. You may not be able to sleep well. Duh. You may seem irritable or impatient. You may just feel inadequate. You may not feel like yourself. If the baby blues go beyond two weeks postpartum, I want you to call your healthcare provider. Reach out to someone. Please, please ask for help. Okay, this is a little tip for partners and spouses. Okay, this is a little tip for partners and spouses. If you see your partner and you know she is not doing well, like she's clearly not coping and struggling, I want you to ask her, when was the last time you ate something? When was the last time you had something to drink? When was the last time you had a nap? And then partners and spouses, I want you to tell her you're going to hold the baby for her and she can go do whatever it is that she needs to do because likely it's that one of those physical needs has not been met for her. Maybe she's hungry. Maybe she hasn't drinking enough. She has a headache. Maybe she needs to take a nap or get a shower. It's the little things, you guys, that make such, such a difference. 10 to 15% of new moms experience some kind of postpartum mood disorder. It's really common. It's really common. And the awesome thing is, is that it can be very well treated. So ask for help from your healthcare provider. Ask for help from your childbirth educator, your doula, your friends, because here's the reality. You may not have a postpartum mood disorder, but probably someone in your tribe is going to. Probably one of your friends is going to. So if not for you, I want you to have this information for your friends, for those people in your life, for your family who's having babies, because it doesn't need to be so common. Really, it really doesn't. So let's talk about some of the symptoms of having or experiencing a postpartum mood disorder. So it could be any of those baby blues symptoms along with feeling tired all the time, wanting to sleep all the time. I think that's just about every new mom. But you also can't sleep even when your baby is sleeping. You may feel uncomfortable. You may feel like you're unable to concentrate. You may express guilt or inadequacy. You may feel anxious or panicky and you're not able to cope with anything. You may not show any interest in your baby whatsoever. You may be hyper-concerned about your baby. You may worry about harming yourself or your baby. You may have headaches or chest pains. You may not care at all about your appearance or eating or any other self-care thing that you normally would. If you are experiencing any of those things and you are more than 14 days postpartum, I want you to reach out for help. There's some incredible 1-800 numbers that you can call. There's warm lines. There is incredible resources. Don't be in the dark. Don't do this alone. And you guys, it's not just one thing that's going to help you feel better, but it's 
tons of things. There's support groups and supplements and medications and therapy and mom's groups and all kinds of things. And it may be sleep that you need. It may be help that you need. You will be dependent on others in new ways in those first few weeks after your baby is born. And honestly, friend, you'll be dependent on others for probably a lot longer than those first three months postpartum. You're a mama now, maybe for the first, second, third, or maybe even fifth time, and you will need help. Hear me loud and clear. You will need other people. Don't fight it. Don't let your pride get in the way. And can I tell you something? After I had my first baby, I was so prideful, so prideful. I wanted to have my life and my family way more together than I did. I wanted to be way more okay than I was. And I didn't let people in as much as I could have. But thankfully, I did get a little bit wiser after my second baby. But still, looking back, I could have let a lot more go that I held on to pretty tightly. Don't reject others' efforts to help you. Let people help you. I want you to do something for me. I want you to set up a schedule of people who can come and visit and help out. When they're there, they don't need to necessarily take your baby from you unless you want them to, of course. They are there to take care of you because you are taking care of another human. You need someone to take care of you. And here's a little hack for you. Write your to-do list on the fridge, bullet point it out there. And when people come over, they can just look at the fridge and know exactly what needs to be done. Because likely if someone comes to you in your postpartum sleep deprived state and asks you how they can help, you're going to say, I don't know, because you're really, truly, that's probably an honest answer. But if you have your to-do list on the fridge, point people there and they can get to it. Ask your friends and family to call you and remind you that they are coming. (laughs) Because the worst thing that could happen is for someone to show up at your front door and you had no idea they were going to show up. You don't want that happening. And it's okay. You might forget. You have a lot going on. Have people plan to be flexible for a long visit or a short visit. Tell them not to have a whole lot of expectations. Tell them you want them to care for you, your partner, your older kiddos, and not necessarily the baby. We want people to help you with housework, cooking, cleaning. That's who you want in your house. The people who just want to hold your baby and see your baby and hang out with your baby, they can come later. They can come later. You need help in the beginning with some of those essentials. I want you to know who you can call when you're stressed out, okay? Think of who is your safe person when you're at the end of yourself, when you don't know what to do, who would you call? I want you to write that person's name in your bathroom or in your kitchen so that you can see it and know that you have a lifeline of someone else out there who's going to pick up the phone day or night who you can call and chat and who can talk you down because you're just going to need that person. And maybe you're listening today and you're not having a baby and you're not postpartum, but you can be that person for someone else. How amazing is that? 
And maybe you're listening today and you don't have family nearby or people who can step in and help you in those first three months or any time after you have a baby. Don't worry. There are postpartum doulas available for you. They are incredible. You really are just giving yourself the sweetest gift by hiring a postpartum doula. Caring for a newborn is constant work. I mean, sometimes it feels like you might as well need to be an Olympic athlete to care for this tiny little human. Postpartum doulas provide physical support as families recover and grow more comfortable with their new roles. They help you get the rest you need and make sure that your personal care needs are met. That's a big deal. And they really help you heal. The postpartum doula can also demonstrate newborn care. They can assist with breastfeeding. They can provide care to older children and be there to fill in the gaps as necessary. They are angels and you want them by your side, especially if you don't have friends or family who can just pop over and be there for you. Let's talk about peer support and parent groups. This is also another huge component of making a healthy transition in that postpartum period. Find your tribe. You will need other moms in the same season of life you're in. You will need to know you're not alone. You will need to have a safe place to go with your baby. This is a big one. Those first couple times you're getting out of the house, it's a big deal. You need to have somewhere safe that you can go, a place where you can show up sweaty and unshowered and tired and know you will be received with warm, welcoming arms. Find a mom and baby group in your area. For some of you, this will be a huge step out of your comfort zone, I know, but I promise it will be worth it. Relationships, my friend. All right, here we go. More than 80% of couples experience a huge drop in marital quality during the transition to parenthood. Yikes. Hostility between parents can harm a newborn's developing brain and nervous system. So it's not just about you and your partner. It's also about your baby. The four most common sources of marital disturbance and turbulence, i.e., The four grapes of wrath. Are you ready? Number one, sleep loss. Sleep is so important. We know that sleep changes the way we think. It changes the way we see the world. It changes our perspective on life. And you're going to be a little sleep deprived. It's a big, big, big trigger for some people. The second one is social isolation. Now, this can look different for moms or dads or partners. It may be that all of a sudden you're home with a newborn by yourself and you're used to working a 40-hour week with lots of grown-ups and adult conversations. And now you're home and you're feeling alone and you're feeling a little isolated and you're not quite sure what to do. It could be that You're the first one in your friend group to have a baby and now your life just looks different and nights look different and naps and bedtime routines and this is a whole new ball game and now my friend group is kind of changing and you feel a little lonely. That can be a big, big trigger for some some families. 
unequal distribution of household workload. That is the big number three. All right, you're going to have to figure out your routines and your rhythms and who does what, and it's going to be different. I mean, I would say moms naturally probably are going to do more of the baby care, but what's dad's responsibility with the kids going to be? What chores are we going to do now? Because golly, who has time to do what? I don't know. So some of these conversations can be a little bit hot. So just talk about it. And then the fourth one, the fourth grape of wrath is depression. And it can get us. It can get moms. It can get dads. You can experience postpartum depression anytime after you have a baby. It's not just in those first three months postpartum. Postpartum depression can come at any time after you have a baby. But friends, here's the key. Awareness of these things allows you to create a buffer against them. You know this. Get ahead of it. Get in front of it and be intentional. Regularly practice empathy with your partner and your spouse. Let that be your first response to any emotional situation because these emotional situations are going to come up. Try to describe what you see without making a judgment call. So it could look like, hey, babe, you seem really upset. Did you have a hard day? You seem really tired. Did you get any sleep? You seem really irritable. Did you have a hard day at work? Try not to make a judgment about their character or who they are because it's not gonna go well for you, my friend. Empathy will go farther than you could ever imagine. Okay, I do this with my couples in my childbirth class and I want you guys to do it too. I call it five minutes of appreciation. So what you're gonna do is you are gonna get a notepad, you and your partner, and you are gonna sit quietly. You're not gonna talk to each other and you are gonna make a list for five minutes of everything you appreciate about your partner. It's gonna feel like a long five minutes, but don't worry. The timer will end. So set that timer on your clock and start writing. When you're done and your timer goes off, you're going to read your list to each other one at a time without being interrupted. So for example, mom might go first and read her entire list without being interrupted. And then dad or partner might go next and read his or her entire list without being interrupted. And you know what's crazy that happens? We get a little more empathy for each other. Because who of us sits down and writes out what we appreciate about each other on a regular basis? I know some of you are awesome and you do, but I can tell you I don't. And just that little tiny act makes a huge, huge deposit into your partner's heart. Huge deposit. We're looking for a little easy deposits here, you guys. Write a sticky note. Put it on their bathroom mirror. I love you, babe. Put a sticky in their car. You're awesome. Thanks for being a hard worker. Put a sticky on the garage door. Put stickies all over your house. When you think of something positive about your partner, write it down and leave it where you found it. 
They may not find it right away, but they'll find it eventually and it will do so much for them. Be intentional with your date nights. It's hard. It's hard. And I can't tell you I'm really good at it. It's challenging, especially if you don't have friends or family nearby to help out, but get creative. What date night can you do at home? Maybe it's a walk through Costco by yourself. Maybe it's just a short little 20 minute phone call that you plan and schedule in in your day to chat with your partner, but do those little things. Make those little deposits where you can. It's not easy and you're going to have to be intentional about it, but you can do it. Find time for yourself. Okay, this is a big one. You're going to need to recharge and remember that you're more than a mom. You're more than a breastfeeding machine, that you are a human with needs and you're a grown up and you have physical and mental health needs too that need to be met. Go for a run, have coffee with a friend, eat some dark chocolate in your pantry while you hide from your children, have a bubble bath, read a book for 20 minutes. It doesn't have to be big, you guys. It can be small, but give yourselves those moments to breathe and don't look at your phone. Don't scroll when you're alone. Put your screens away. Don't binge on Netflix. It's not good for your mental health. There's good science out there to back me up. Just be quiet and listen and move your body and recharge in those moments. The thing I think that blows me away about moms is our ability to transform. I am just in awe of how mothers change, in awe of how we transform on a regular basis, really I mean, if you simmer on that for a moment, it's kind of freaking breathtaking. The transition to parenthood is a miraculous transformation. After we have these babies, our bodies are forever different. Our minds, our hearts, and our emotions are forever changed. We never go back to what we were before these tiny beings arrived. We just grow We change into something new, like a caterpillar that transforms into a butterfly. Postpartum women just blossom. It may not always feel so beautiful. I mean, I know, but really when you think about it, it is. And you know what else is just crazy? We keep changing. We never stay the same, no matter how old our kids are. Our hearts are always growing. Our patience grows. Our selfishness dies. Our perspective changes. And the things that were once important to us just aren't anymore. New things take their place. We get smarter and wiser. Hello, Target driver. We learn that every battle isn't ours to fight. And we don't have to prove anything to anyone. Yet we know when to stand our ground. We are not the same as we once were. And my friend, there, right there, is the beauty of motherhood. In all of the hard, sleepless, leaky, sweaty, brain fog, messy, stressful days of being a parent, we are being made into something new. That's when we change. It's in the messy ones that our character changes And what's crazy to me is that it never ends. 
you aren't going back to that pre-pregnant body or that pre-pregnant person. And that's a wonderful thing, my friend. I hope you all enjoyed hanging out with me, chatting about postpartum today. Head on over to my show notes page, elisemarsh.com slash podcast for bonus content, all the links from the show we talked about today, and some good stuff from me over there. If you're on social media, you can find me on Instagram at Perfectly Wonderfully Made. I would love to know you, so say hello. And I want to encourage you guys, if you haven't yet, head on over to my Patreon page and consider partnering with me. I would love for you to join me in my mission here. Head to elisemarsh.com slash Patreon to learn more about how you can get involved. If you enjoyed the show, would you take a screenshot of yourself listening and go share it on your stories? Tag me in your story so I can say hello. Praying for you, my friend, and I'll be chatting with you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.